Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Sister Jess, would you lead us in a word of prayer? Yeah, Father, Lord, you Thank you for letting us come out to your house one more time, Lord, and be among your people, Lord, just to be with us throughout the service today, Lord, help to be soldier and bring whatever songs we have to help all the uh, Sunday school teachers and help the preacher, Lord, and whoever has a part to service, Lord, just help them out, Lord, and uh, be with us throughout the service, Lord, and know and pray. Amen. How can we see Let's sing another one right here. Let's sing the next song, Amazing Grace. No grace. We're just saying grace for every need. Thank God for His wonderful grace. Let's just sing Amazing Grace. Let's sing this for both Amazing Grace. <laughs>
and uh, lift them up in our prayers and, and continue praying for Bo and, and Linda. Uh, and they will. I'm going to have a great time. They, when, they get, when I get back, they're going to be glad they're back because I wore my But anyhow, I'm looking forward to going tomorrow. But we're leaving, we're leaving in the morning. We'll go to Houston. God bless you. I'm looking forward to the trip. Looking forward to it. Always can remember Nell and Robert and I in our prayers. And Michael and his mom and the family. Um, we just have so much again to pray for. And again, I just thank God for His grace. The ladies are saying that Bonnie's in the hospital. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyone else have a good anyone in prayer? Continue praying for Chris as well. Need to continue praying for her. Brother uh, Wayne, uh, Ricky, uh, Patsy's brother is also in the hospital, so we never read. Oh, okay. We never read. And, uh, and, and Vanessa's dad, my father, Jack, and continue praying for him. And, uh, we have it. Anyone else? <coughs> well, let's, let's go in the Lord's prayer. We ask you now, Lord, for special blessings and prayers of all these that we mentioned this morning. Sickness, to Father, you, you know the individual needs, you know the concerns, uh, you know what's in, in the hearts and lives of all these where there's been, where there's been a uh, uh, Death and Lord, that, that you would intervene as far as your comfort with those families, your father, in times of questioning and not understanding your will, your father, that we'll just have a peace of mind, your father, to just to turn it all loose and 
turn it over to you, Joe, that you that you have you see the bigger picture, uh, that you know the plan, and you you know what lies in need uh, in store for us, Father, and you know what we need and what we stand in need of this day, Father. Yes, God. We ask you, Lord, just to have the courage for that, Lord. Uh, would it be your will, to Father, that you intervene and, and bring healing and uh, to families and bring healing to individuals, your Father? We ask you, Lord, that that be done. Lord, just lead God our steps, your Father. We may not always know the path, your Father, but just give us the courage to, to take the steps. That, that's what you command us to do, your Father. Be with us through the remainder of the service, the Lord, lead God direct. Uh, that your presence be felt among your people, your Father. Be the ones that can bring the message, your Lord, hide him out of the cross, your Father. He'll know the message that, uh, that we stand in need of, and your Father, that we'll have an open mind and open ears, open hearts, and to receive it that you have in store for each of us today, Lord. Be God directed everything that's said done today, your Father. We will give you the honor and glory for the things we ask in my most precious name. Amen. Amen. All God people said. Amen. Amen. Good Roger, come bring your devotion. Bless the Lord. Well, it's a blessing to be here today to see all of y'all again. Uh, wonderful, uh, wonderful morning. Uh, as we. Uh, studying, trying to come up with a devotion this morning. Uh, I just got reading in Solomon, I mean, in uh, Proverbs a little bit, uh, words of Solomon the King, and uh, got thinking about what he asked for when he prayed. He didn't ask for riches, he didn't ask for anything but wisdom, and, and God granted him that, and supplied some other things also. And as I thought, there's just so much in Proverbs. It's, it's just a, a continuous, um, I guess, a continuous uh, dissertation on um, how to do things right, results of doing them right, and results of doing them wrong. And uh, as I think about that sometimes, I, I get thinking that a lot of times I do things without really thinking a whole lot about them. I just, I have a routine and I just do it without thinking and, um, and just go do, go, 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 you know, we're so busy and we got to get this finished so we can start that and put that off because it can wait and this can't wait. But in, in life, if we, would, if we would just think as we go, uh, and I'm going to read this little scripture here in just a minute. Uh, fourth chapter of Proverbs, if you want to turn, starting with the 21st. It's just, it's just so simple. Solomon telling us what to do and, 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 and to keep our life straight. And uh, if, you want to, if you want to read along with me, it's the 20th uh, verse of the fourth chapter of Proverbs. It said, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ears to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and help to all their flesh. Keep thine heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look straight on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let, and let all thy ways be established. 
turn not to the right hand nor to the left, remove thy foot from evil. And, you know, I got thinking, uh, they used to put blinders on horses and stuff to keep them from seeing the distractions on the sides. They, they made them look straight ahead. Um, they'd pull better, they'd plow better, they'd, whatever their, their job was, they did it better because they weren't distracted by everything to their right and to their left. And basically, that's what Solomon's telling us to do. He says, keep your eyes forward. Uh, keep looking ahead. Uh, don't be distracted by the things off to the right and off to the left. Uh, keep your eyes on the things that you know are good in your heart. He mentioned their heart. And I believe that was something that, that's implanted in a lot of us that, that we know in our heart what's right, but sometimes we just step over it and go on anyway. And as he ended it, I'm, I'm just going to be real brief this morning. Because, um, as he ended it, he said, Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. And I think he's telling us, when we realize we've gotten off into something that we shouldn't be doing, we've stepped out there where we shouldn't be stepping, remove ourselves from it. Get out of it as quick as you can. The longer you're in it, the deeper you'll be. I have always, you know, when I was a kid, it seemed like every scary movie had quicksand in it. And um, once you got in that stuff, you couldn't get out. You know, if there wasn't some, uh, if Tarzan didn't come by and grab you by the hand and pull you out, you were a goner. And, and sin's like that. It's like quicksand. We step off into it. If you don't get out real quick, it'll consume you. So uh, as, as the words of Solomon here uh, instruct us, this, keep, our, keep our minds straight, keep our eyes straight. Uh, look right and left and see what's going on over there that might be more interesting. Um, keep it on the things that we know that are true and good and, and uh, that God would be pleased with. And if we do step out of the way, step back in real quick. Get out of that quicksand real, real quick. And, uh, that's what I got this morning. Anybody got anything you'd like to say this morning? Uh, share a uh, praise report or something from the week or something good that happened to you? If, if not, then we'll take our classes at this time. Sunday school for a couple of weeks and it's just good to be here. It's good. You know, coming to church uh, on Sunday and being in Sunday school is sort of like uh, mashing a reset button for me. 
you know, some of our appliances, our tools, you know, we, we, we might strain them or overwork them or misuse them and uh, the, the reset button will pop out and uh, everything goes dead and, and, and we have to press the reset button. And Sunday school and being in church to me is a lot like pressing the reset button. Sure. It's my prayer every Sunday that I'll be able to leave a better person than I was coming in. And that's, that's uh, something that's really a desire in my heart. We miss Brother Michael. We really want to continue to remember him in prayer and his family. And um, we look forward to him being back. We appreciate the good job Brother Bobby did in teaching our lesson last week. And Bobby should have just said, go ahead, Brother Bobby, and finish up what you started last week because uh, you're doing a great job. But if you would turn in your Bibles to the second chapter of Romans. We're still in chapter second chapter of Romans. And then we begin in the 17th verse. <clears throat> and really we could sort of dissect each one of these verses individually uh, and, and spend another uh, lesson or two on them. But I think from the 17th on through the 29th, we, we get a pretty clear message of what um, is trying to be taught to us and, and we'll go as far with it as we can uh, today. Um, and uh, something that I want to come back to at the end of the lesson uh, that I think is pertinent to this lesson if we uh, give it this application, uh, and that is trying to appear to be something that we're not. Um, if we go back to, I think it really dates back to medieval times, <clears throat> we might see an old movie or something, where they had a, a masquerade party. Uh, and they'd have a little mask, maybe it would be on a stick, and they'd hold it in front of their face. And, and uh, so the, the reason for that, it was to give an appearance of something different than what you were. And um, I told Pam, I said, I wish this morning I had a mask that I had seen before. I tell you, it was a Richard Nixon mask, and when you put it on, I tell you, it was lifelike. <laughs> and I thought, <clears throat> I saw a guy in the courthouse, of course, you wouldn't get in the courthouse with a mask on anymore, or, or a lot of things that you used to do. And, uh, you know, I got a kick out of that because a guy was pretending to be uh, President Nixon, but did it really fool anybody? No. No, President Nixon had been dead for years. But it, it was funny, but it didn't fool anybody. <clears throat> Pam and I were, one time was invited to a, um, a Halloween party and everybody was supposed to come in costume. So that was what we were supposed to do. So we're rule followers, so we, we made sure that we went in costume. So, um, we had a friend that her and her husband had uh, had to go to a party in costume one time and we was wondering what to do and they said, well, we've got these bumblebee outfits and said, uh, we'll own those to you. So that sounded good. We didn't have anything better. But we, uh, we put those 
outfits on, and you really ought to seen us walking up the driveway to the house. We had everyone's attention because while it was supposed to be a dress-up party, we could tell pretty quick walking up we were the only ones dressed up. <laughs> and so, uh, huh? Our kids were mortified. Yeah, yeah, we embarrassed our kids. That's the only good part about it. <laughs> But 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 nobody, uh, we didn't fool anybody in thinking we were bumblebees. Now, we looked we looked apart, my black leotards that I had on, and the feet and all that. But we really didn't fool anybody. So I, I just uh, I give a lot of a thought about that in this lesson, and um, and it, it's really. Um, in this lesson and in a lot of the writings of Paul, the message to get across is that being a descendant of Abraham or pretending that you're something um, special uh, does not cut the mustard anymore. You're not, and I'm not. And really that's when we see and we talk about a lot of the writings of Paul and here where Paul has written a letter, he's, he's trying to set the record straight on what maybe is going on in their church at that time. And you know, I, 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 I want y'all's participation here because I want to ask some questions. I, I was thinking early this morning, it was about... 4.30 or 5 o'clock and I got up and I was thinking and I thought about and I, I wish they would be here. Uh, I thought about the last couple that joined the church that I don't know if they have a history in church or Bible study or not. Um, but I thought, you know, we, we get to Sunday school and we talk about all this stuff about the Jews and the Gentiles and the Old Testament and the law and grace and I mean can, can you really if you had never been in church and you I mean would that to be about the most confusing and discouraging thing you'd ever been up against to try to understand that I mean I can't get my mind around it and I went to Sunday school in this church when I was a child and been in church and so I just got to thinking about that and I thought about that Maybe we just need to talk about that a little bit. Uh, so, what, when we want to talk about who are Jews and Gentiles, what is the best definition that you could give of who a Jew is? And let's start in Bible times. What, in the Old Testament, who was, who was a Jew? Are Jews black or white? A Jewish race. They were a race of people. Okay. Lane said they were a race of people. They were well, God's chosen They okay. They were descendants of who? Okay. So 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 the lineage of Jacob went one way and the lineage of Esau went another way. But they still had the same father, right? So was the descendants of Esau the same race of people as the descendants of Jacob? Physics. Ma'am? Physically, 
Physically? They the same race. Genetically? They mm -hmm. didn't live the same life and they yeah. didn't believe the same things at that point where they split, but they were genetically. Yeah. So. It goes back to what Bo said. The Jews, God had chosen. He saw, well, he saw what bitterly because he, he was not in favor with God. And you know, there's a lot, there's a lot in the Bible studies that we've had, you know, about about all this, and you know, Jewish male children were circumcised. Don't you imagine that Ishmael was circumcised just like Jacob was? And history would tell us that the Egyptians circumcised their male children just like the Jews did. So, so let's explore this a little further. So tell me, who is a Jew? Who is a Jew? How would you describe it? Pam? They're not. Come on, come on. I asked you that question this morning, and you, you brought up something I hadn't even thought of at all. <laughs> well, uh, Jews were people that had a strict rules to live by. So that's one way we could think of who who are Jewish people. Well, who who are Jewish people today? Or do you have to live in Israel to be a Jew? It's more of a religious group today than a physical group. So there there's people who have Jewish genetics maybe that are Christian. And then there are Jewish people that practice that religion. I, I like where you're going with that, Pam, because you know there's um, you know you can go to New York City and you can see people, men walking down the street with their black outfit on, their beard and their hat, and they're very recognizable as what they call Orthodox Jews. But you know what I understood from Brother Michael, from uh, him being in Israel, that that it's a very small part of the citizens there who practice any religion at all. So, so where where are the Jews? Where are the Jews now? We are we are the church. Um, God gave. The Ten Commandments to uh, the Israelite people, and from that point on, um, and, and you and I try to live by the commandments. Of course, as it was pointed out later, that we couldn't keep we couldn't keep the laws. We couldn't keep all the laws. We weren't wasn't physically able to, or didn't, and. And that's why Jesus came to pardon our sins. So if we are saved by the blood of Jesus, we are a true Jew. Yes. Okay, you're getting to the heart of our lesson today, uh, Elaine. So, so we're thinking about, and we were thinking about people in our church or new people. Wow, this is a, it's a lot to try to describe, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's huge. So... So I want to come back and let's really explore what Elaine had to say, but 
So, wh who is a Gentile? Everybody that's not a Jew. So far as we're concerned, that is true. That, that's great. Man. That's exactly right. You know, uh, Pam and I have enjoyed visiting a couple of uh, uh, Amish areas in the, in the United States. And they, if you're not Amish, they refer to you as being English. And so I thought, well, why do they do that? It's, it's Where did that even come from? But to them, anybody that's not Amish, they refer to as being the English. Um, so, so I think it's right, especially as we go back to the beginning of Bible times and we think about uh, Jews and Gentiles, then, then really Gentiles describe anybody that wasn't a Jew, no matter where they were from or their race or anything. So, so, so we think about this and how do we really begin to understand it? God did choose the seed of Abraham and the lineage of Jacob as his chosen people. Why did he do that? How would we describe that to anybody? To separate them from everybody else. To show who he is. And Abraham was an, uh, an upright person in God's eyes. Yeah, he he uh, did what the Lord requested yeah. that he do. Right. right. So, and through that lineage, we have Jesus. That's right. That's right. So, so if we really try to just put it just as really simply as we could, you know, the, the several first books of the Bible that the Jews would refer to as the, the Torah, you know, deal with God's dealings with the Jewish people. So, so God created man, and then he, he chose, because he was God and could do what he did, I don't know that I can give a better explanation, so he chose the Jewish people who were the lineage of Abraham uh, to be his chosen people. Now God just did that. I, I don't know why he didn't choose some, somebody else, but that's who he chose. So, the, uh, so God deals with the Jewish people all throughout the beginning books of the Bible. And he... he they had laws to live by. Where did that come from? Brother Chris, God gave the law. Started with the Ten Commandments. God gave the law to His people. Uh -huh. um, so the Jews had a law, specific, certain, unchangeable, established law that God gave them. Other nations, and we, this is what we was trying to cover last week, to get to this point where you're at is that um, there was others, those the Gentiles uh, for their judgment they went by laws that they had uh, established among themselves right. Right. Um, and then there's this other law that starts that, you, that you're trying to wrap our heads around now that is the gospel law 
which is the law perfected. In other words, we couldn't keep the law. It was our schoolmaster showed us that we couldn't keep it. But through grace, we have no excuse now. God. Through grace, God. the law is made perfect. Mm -hmm. and, and it's brought to the point it's not what we do, like Brother Bo pointed out last Sunday, it is a, a law that is within our hearts, within our minds, and it's in our deepest part that it's an understanding uh, that we're going to have actions are not based on what some devil made me do it. It's not based on it. It's based on what we desire in our heart. And that's where the gospel hits us right in the heart. Now, that's all I'm going to say. Chris. Yeah, no, you say all you want to. I wanted to discuss this because, again, as I, I kept thinking about this, I was thinking, how, how do you explain all this? You know, how do you begin to get that point, uh, point across so the Jews were God's chosen people and they had rules to live by, but they never could quite make the mark. They never could live them to the fullest. They could they couldn't do it. So so uh, they they came a point in time then that uh, in God's eternal plan that He sent His Son. I mean, just what you were telling. Just insert if the Ten Commandments were taught in school instead of all this stuff that they're trying to push in school, I, we wouldn't have all this business of people running in stores and stealing and stuff. So, so the point is, they're still good. Yeah, they're still good. You keep right. the law, it'll do you good. That ain't going to change. And that's part of our lesson today, too. We have a verse that, and, and I think when we start in the um, third chapter that that very point is made. So, Maybe, what are most of our laws in the United States based on? We got laws against theft, we got laws against murder, we got laws against all this stuff. And they were from the original law. Uh, it's, you know, I, I think they call us uh, a Judeo-Christian society. Well, we have the Jewish part of the law that, that kind of formed uh, the way we think and believe uh, that we shouldn't kill, we shouldn't steal, we shouldn't have other gods, but uh, of course we transgressed those and man tried to fix it and, and now we've got so many laws you, you, you couldn't stack the books on that platform up there because of it. But, um, you know, if you think about what a Jew is, a Jew in the Old Testament started out as a group of people uh, a race of people, if you will. But now I think you could say the true Jew is still the chosen people of God, but it's the, it's the church of the living God. It's the members of the church of the living God that true Jew. It, it changed into something different right. over time what a true Jew was. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And there's one point I like to make. Sure. You remember, God doesn't change concerning the law. He, he, he never changed the law. He never changed in who the gospel or the law or the gospel law was intended for. Because when God, the Jews were people that were set apart because of the privileges that God afforded them to be His chosen people. But when God uh, 
when God was sending uh, basically messages to His people, He said these privileges were for My people, the chosen, the Jews, and the stranger that was in their servants and the strangers that was within their gates. In other words, the salvation or the blessing of God never was just for the Jews. It was for the Jews and whoever else would come that way. It's always been a whosoever will gospel with God. Sure. So, thank you, Brother Boss. Yes, sir. Can I say this? March the 3rd, 1969, I became a Jew. Yeah. I'm circumcised of the heart. Blessing God. And what Christ did for me made me part of the chosen people of God. Right. And I think I'm just as much Jewish as Moses was. Right, and I and that everything y'all are saying is getting right to the heart of exactly what our scripture is really all about. Now, if I had just started reading that from the 17th verse through the 29th verse, you know, I could stop and scratch my head and say, "Well, what on the earth does that mean?" And uh, uh, and but we, but the points that we're making and the ideas that we're exploring really explains. Of this scripture and on a side note let me tell you this I, a great friend of mine brother Michael Murphy uh, lived at Nectar and he and I lived uh, next door to one another and did the same line of work back at that time and and we uh, swap we'd swap a day's work here and there and so uh, of course he was a preacher and and we'd, we'd have some good conversations and I'd ask questions and then one day I asked him about what something meant. And Brother Michael said, Brother Chris, if it don't mean what it says, I don't know what it means. <laughs> and I've thought about that a lot of times. If it don't mean what it says, I don't know what it means. But, but drilling down to, and I kept thinking about it coming from the perspective of maybe somebody that's a new Christian that, you know, that maybe don't understand all this. How, how confusing that might be. But all the all points that are being made are perfectly on, on uh, point for today. Well, in biblical times, in this context, a Jew is someone, the way I was taught growing up, they were looking for great, they were looking for God through their own personal actions. Things they following the law, not doing this, doing that. That That's how they saw their way you know, to God, to heaven. Mm-hmm. Where uh, the Gentile or us, we we came under grace. We know the only way to get to that is through grace. I think you're talking about the new Christians. To me, that's the simplest way to explain it to someone. Is in this context, this is what it's talking about. Is you know, you following the law will only get. I mean, it's good to follow the law. Don't get me wrong with that. But it's not going to get you salvation. Right. It's that's only, right. And that, to me, in, the, in this context, is the difference between Jew and Gentile. Is the Gentile someone that has? understood or accepted that it's only through grace that you can you can follow every law there is but if you don't believe in you know in Christ that you're not going to receive right. you know eternal life uh, Pam you forgive me for saying this maybe 
<laughs> but the part that when I first asked Pam this morning, I said, "Explain to me who a Jew is." I had not had coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, "Well, I don't think that's so good. You know, I don't think that's all that good. You know, what you hear about, and you know, Jew people down." And <laughs> she, I said, "Oh, I thought I didn't even talk about that now. We're not." Going there, but, but that was her uh, first thought that from the world standpoint, maybe being a Jew might not be the most complimentary thing that you might say. I remember uh, when uh, Governor uh, Guy Hunt was our governor, he publicly made a comment about some state contract and said, We need to Jew them down. And that made a headlines, and he had to really retract that back. That was a very considered very racist and inappropriate thing to say. Uh, one of your cousins, Rex and Daniel's little brother, uh, David, we, we called him Jew all through high school mm -hmm. because he was so tired. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> so, yes, I do have to say I thank the Lord for the Jewish people. I was living the Lord by Jesus. That's how I came right. to Jesus was through mm -hmm. the, the Jewish right. Christian. Sure, because we're all on level ground now. Yeah, he was, right. uh, he was saved from New York and um, gave his heart to Yeshua. And he was from Shiloh Ministries out of Portland, Oregon. They came into Alabama, took a house over on Pestilus Avenue behind the Princeton Hospital, and they'd go out and do street witnessing every day. And um, I was at Eastwood Mall, and shared the Lord, and went back and invited for a hustling meal, and we went in. And First thing I saw was this crown of thorns above the fireplace. And it was like when I saw the crown of thorns, it was like a sword going through my heart. Yeah. And, um, you know, I will say this whenever you meet a Jewish person that has been raised under all the legalism and all the Levitical law and all those things, the Torah, and then you meet, they meet Jesus. Yeshua, and they realize all these prophecies that they have studied, and all these things about Isaiah, <coughs> it is totally fulfilled the countenance and the joy that is on their face to realize, wow. Yeah. You know, I, I remember Rob just saying, he said, it just, he said, I felt this huge weight come off of my heart because I realized the one we just searched for has been found. Mm -hmm. And he, him describing what it meant to him to come to the knowledge that Jesus was the Yeshua, was the Yeshua so the, was Messiah. I'm sorry, so sure. Found, uh, I couldn't even hardly look him in the face because the power of the Holy Spirit was so strong mm -hmm. on him because of his just, you know, his heart wow. and love for God. He was so powerful. His love for, for Yeshua was so powerful. I mean, it just was. I, like I said, I couldn't remember. As an unsaved person, it was hard to look at that person in the face, knowing what, where I was at. Well, look, I'm, we're going to be out of time here just a minute, and let me make a couple of quick points. Now, I want you to go back and read uh, verse 17 through 29, because it just lays out everything that we've talked about. So make that part of your maybe afternoon Bible reading that you go back and read that. But... So, so the conflict that comes into the New Testament is, you know, when Jesus comes, is getting people to turn away from the old way and embrace something new. Now, that's a difficult thing. That's a difficult matter now. 
in anything it, to, to turn away from a a long-held tradition to turn to something new is, is hard it's hard so so a lot of the writings of Paul back to the churches uh, were simply trying to encourage them now listen there's a new way we're not we've got to turn loose of the of a lot of this old stuff and, and we've got to do it so he would he would talk to them about where they were under the law and now where they are under grace and so forth and so we know that in the jewish tradition there was much to do about ritualism the circumcision being one and you know there's religions today that there's very very much of their religion is tied to rituals that they do and some of it's beautiful and i'm not criticizing it but it's uh, it when we think about you know the circumcision and i'll say baptism um it, it it's 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 putting a label on something to some degree it's like putting a label on a can have you ever bought anything at the store that was labeled one thing and then when you open it up it's something else see if you if you buy a can of uh, English peas and the label says that they are green beans don't matter what that label said it when you opened it up it's English peas so so the rituals that put labels on people that's what that's what we're getting away from here in trying to say that that the circumcision is of the heart um, and that the true Jew is that person who has followed Christ and that's what it's all about so we have um, um, you know and then you know what just a label on something without there being a change on the inside you know that comes out eventually and you know you you live with people work with people you, you finally figure out what they're all about and if you want to really know what people are all about then let mom or daddy die and then come to probate court and there's a few dollars on the table but you find out real quick for people what they're all about um, so uh, I, I want to, to say this in this chapter I think to me there's some really key verses if we go back and that's in chapter 2 verse 1 uh, we're inexcusable we, we're inexcusable what God has done himself and showed to us leaves us without excuse um, and in verse 4, I really love this, and mark this one, because it's the one that, um, that, that reminds us that it is really the goodness of God that leads to repentance. Verse 11 tells us that there's no respect of person to God, but then we get right down to verse 28 and 29, and I'll read those as we close. For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh but he is a Jew which is one inwardly and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit 
and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So everything that you have said today is all, all just keys to understanding this, uh, this passage of Scripture. And, um, and that the Jews could no longer hide behind their label. They couldn't hide behind a mask. Couldn't do that. They couldn't hide behind the bumblebee uniform. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't. Who anybody did was that. But brother Chris, we need to recognize. Um, we still look at at the Jews as a nation instead of us looking at the Jews as a group of people. We still do that. And and um, there's, there there were people that were that used every excuse to look down on someone else. Like you said, we use the term Jew and somebody's name. Yeah. Because God first brought the, Jesus first brought the gospel himself to the Jews first and was rejected, then the world thinks they got a right to look down upon right. them. That's right, right. Yeah, but it's, it's all level ground. It's all level ground. Thank you so much for being here for the lesson this morning.